This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen Meet Me in St. Louis? Meet me in St. Louis, meet me at the fair. I'm going to call somebody. Don't tell me the lights are shining any place but there. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you paid for the rights to uh, (laughs) sing that song, ma'am? Yes, I did. Cool. Okay, so I... Actually, don't really have any trigger warnings for this. It was a musical about the St. Louis World's Fair and then possibly moving and falling in love and all of this stuff. So, why don't you tell me three things you were expecting from this motion picture? Number one, an insufferable love story. <laughs> Two, too many songs. <laughs> three, good dancing. Okay. So, um, I'm guessing, I'm going to ask you whether or not you expected to like it, but I'm guessing you did not expect to like it. I mean, I gave it one solid star, a full star. You're so unfair. I have low hopes. So, what is your one sentence TV guide summary? The circus is in town, and for a young couple traveling separately to St. Louis, so is love. <laughs> That, oh my goodness. The poster with the little flourishes and patterns, it made me think of the circus. I can see that, yeah. Which was like evidently a World's Fair thing. I'm like, oh, so close. You were close, yes. Like, and there was nothing on that. This is based on just the poster. There's nothing on that poster except those those stupid painterly images of of the of the actors that they that they always do. Yeah. And then if- just these little flourishes. If, it, if this didn't say Judy Garland right underneath it, I would not guess that that is Judy Garland. It's very uh, stylized, I guess. Is that the word you used? Uh, I said painterly, but yeah. It's more about the painting than the, than the actual, you know. They didn't have any Drew Struzans back then, so you knew exactly. Drew Struzans, I can tell from your face that you don't know who that is necessarily. No. Every great... Um, movie of my childhood, mm-hmm. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, I think E.T., uh-huh. um, many, many others, even like past my childhood, like Hook, Drew Struzans drew the illustration for the covers, the, the, the posters for those huh. movies. I didn't know that. He had this very particular style, and when you see it, so I'm showing Jenny the Back to the Future 2. What? I have questions about their positioning there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm okay. trying to show you the poster, not necessarily. So like that is just reason. This is showing her oh. the episode one, Star Wars episode one poster. There's definitely a... Um, There's definitely a style there. I can see it. Right. These, the... the the original trilogy posters, and you know the likenesses of these people 
I mean, it looks like the people. Yeah, I can tell that's Morgan Freeman. Right. We're looking at Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Anyway, another rabbit trail. But yeah, Drew Struzan had not blessed Hollywood yet with his presence. (laughs) So would you like to hear what IMDb has to say? No. So, (laughs) see how I'm just moving right forward? Meet Me in St. Louis is from 1944. It's not rated. It's an hour and 53 minutes. It's a comedy, drama, family movie. There's not, Musicals not listed there? That's strange. That's very strange. There Although, were, I there guess... There weren't a lot of songs, though. There weren't a ton, a ton of songs. That's true. Um, and it says, In the year leading up to the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair, the four Smith daughters learn lessons of life and love even as they prepare for a reluctant move to New York. So, how did things meet or not meet your expectations? Well, there was an insufferable love story. There were not too many songs. There were kind of two insufferable love stories. (laughs) Esther and the neighbor, and then Rose and the long-distance phone caller. You know, something, something about... Writing screenplays, maybe, like, happened later uh-huh. for Hollywood movies. But, like, you, you can only just... Don't give me don't give me too much. <laughs> uh, maybe people were smarter. This was the greatest generation they were making movies for. True. <laughs> so, so, yeah, maybe they were smarter than me. I'm just like, don't tell me, don't teach... Try to show me too many things at once. Yes. Uh, there were, a good dance. There wasn't really dancing. Was not really a thing in this movie. Yeah, the only time there was really dancing was um, in that party scene where it ended up the two girls came down the the stairs. They were doing like dancing in the parlor. <laughs> right. And then they started singing "Skip to My Lou." Ah. Uh, uh. Okay. So, what it, what's your rating after watching this movie? An even zero stars. That stupid song, The Boy Next Door, <laughs> that's all it took. I think that happened very that early happened in early, the movie. Already never recovered. And <laughs> that terrible song. Oh. And here's the thing, like what's with the bad recording of vocals in this movie? Like, where you hear a thousand voices, but you can't really understand what anyone's saying. There was this oh. terrible recording. I don't know. That's a good question. Ugh. But you did recognize... There's actually um, a couple songs that I want to talk about. You seem to recognize Clang, Clang, Clang with the trolley. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I have that. Um, well, we can talk about that when we get to pop culture references. Okay. And um, the reason that I wanted to do this around Christmas time is because this was the first ever um, appearance of Have Yourself a Merry Little... Like, this was the first time that song was ever sung. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding with the bell. So, did you notice who the director was? No. The director was Vincent Minnelli. Okay. 
This is um, where he and Judy Garland met, oh. eventually married, and had a daughter named Liza Minnelli. No, oh, see, I should have known. Liza Minnelli, I'm, I'm pretty sure, an EGOT winner. <laughs> Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Let's see. Does Liza Minnelli have an EGOT? Yes, she does. Only 18 exceptional people have accomplished the EGOT, including Audrey Hepburn, Whoopi Goldberg, Rita Moreno, Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, James Earl Jones, and the late Mike, Nich- Mike Nichols. Lots of women. True. And not a whole lot of talent. I mean, how, no one's, no how one's like... How dare you, sir? You are blaspheming the good name of both Audrey Hepburn and Rita Moreno, two of my favorites. Thank you. I wonder if James Earl Jones won for his depiction of Darth Vader. <laughs> I'm just saying, you wouldn't think Darth Vader had a had an EGOT. I think that's what I'm trying to tell you. I see. I see. Li- okay. Again, we're going off on a rabbit trail, but... Liza Minnelli is so funny in in Arrested Development. Oh right, she plays the uh, the other the other the other Lucille. Lucille, right? Oh my gosh, she's so she's so funny, and she's physical. Like she was in her seventies at the time, or sixties or seventies. She was an older woman at the time, and she was <laughs> she was doing lots of physical physical things. So. You know how um, you like to see how long it will take in a movie before we get to the title? They actually say Meet Me in St. Louis. Well, I guess there's the song. The song. The very beginning I'm of the song g- where they're playing the credits. For, oh, oh, it's in the credits? Like when they play the opening credits, there's a chorus singing Meet the, Me in St. Louis. Oh, the chorus that I couldn't understand? Yes. Okay. Yes. How, so how long? Like the opening credits. You didn't look at the time. No, because it was literally Seconds. the first thing. Ooh. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Can we talk about the perfect clothes in a period movie like this? Only if we can also talk about Judy Garland's bangs. I think they're carved out of wood. Something. So, no one ever gets dirty. Inevitably, when you're doing a movie that's of a different period... In the past, it's going to be a dirtier time. Yes. Be it turn of the century, Victorian age, Old West, the the medieval period. It's a filthy, filthy time. And yet, everyone has perfect clothes. There's no running water. Yeah, but how realistic do you want your, your period movies to be? Because, like, if you go to Colonial Williamsburg, you're... You're not going to see the level of awfulness that it was. I mean, like, you're not going to see horse manure in the streets. They're probably going to have some form of running water in some of the buildings. They're probably going to have indoor toilets. Like, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying in a portrayal in a, a portrayal of entertainment, what's the level of dirtiness that you would want for this movie? In Pioneer Land. I can't remember if it's Pioneer Land or Main Street USA in Disneyland, uh-huh. in Disney World. There, There is 
you know, cobble, cobblestone streets, uh-huh. and there's a line of brown down the middle. And that is supposed to symbolize the fact that these were dirty streets. <laughs> that this wasn't a clean place at all. Are you making that up? No, I'm not making it up. I was just trying to, I was just trying to look for a picture of this. Like, do you mean because they drive, they, there are horse and carriage rides and they drive them down the same path? Or they purposely put a line of brown just to be like... They purposely made it brown. They purposely made it discolored. Because they're like, yeah, we do we want trash in the streets? Of course not. There's a, there's a trash can every 30 feet or something like that. Right. Which Disney decided how many steps it would take him to finish a hot dog. <laughs> that's why you, you you don't go 30 feet without finding a trash can to put your your hot dog wrapper in. Huh. That's interesting. I never would have thought of that. Okay, well, this isn't a good example, I guess, but there is a discolor, a different color, like a, almost oh, like a... Oh, I see what you're saying. There's a line down the middle. Gotcha. So anyway, bottoms of dresses can be dirty. Why can't we just make them discolored a little bit? Yeah, do I want to look at filthy people for two hours? Not so much. Well, they didn't hardly go outside, so how are they going to get, you know, dirt on the hem of their skirts? I'm just asking questions. They go from... uh, Just going from outside to inside, even if you're on, like, a paved little path from your house to the carriage. Uh Uh-huh. Like, there's going to be dirt everywhere. How is there not dirt everywhere? I don't know. I have no answers for you. Okay, well, let's move on. Well, you know, can I just tell you one other thing? Uh Uh-huh. Speaking of water, and there being no running water Uh in this time, um, <laughs> I wrote down. I wrote down very early. I wrote down. Instead of watching the rest of this, could I just get waterboarded for three seconds? And would it be would it be cheating if I had a handful of Xanax first? Yeah, a, a handful of Xanax is gonna probably render you unconscious, and then you oh. would have to try to survive waterboarding, and I don't think that would end well for you. Yeah. I don't. Okay, I, I take it back. Okay, good. I, I don't want to be waterboarded. I was actually while you were talking about that, I was looking up when did St. Louis get running water, and it was about what well, was just a couple weeks before the World's Fair, so it was in 1904. That's pretty cool. So they had enough time to you know maybe take a bath for the World's Fair, maybe All wash right. their clothes a little. All right, look, I'm gonna retract everything I just said. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, yeah, Judy Garland's bangs. I mean, she might as well just had, like, a miniature paint roller across her forehead. (laughs) They were... It was disturbing to look at. Like, bangs should not do that. That's all. You had a question about um, the pronunciation of St. Louis. Because in the song, it says, meet me in St. Louis. But the the town... town at least as us Texans and I guess Midwesterners say, is uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And so they did address that at one point. Do you remember? Yes, there was an uneducated man who points out, right, that it's St. Louis. Yeah, um, Tootie, that's the youngest girl, mm-hmm. and the ice uh, truck man 
talk about because he's like humming the song she says no it's pronounced St. Louis not St. Louis and he's like well I forget exactly what he said but I think it was something like well we're the people who've been here a long time just call it St. Louis or whatever hmm. I don't remember exactly what his response was I just remember they talked about it so speaking of the ice cart and the guy and the little girl, the little girl's riding along uh-huh. in the ice truck for a minute. Down, So they're going down a tree-lined street, and they use something called uh, rear projection filming, where they're not really riding oh, around. Right. You know, they recorded that you know previously and then projected you know, it the street. It's pre-green screen, basically. Like yeah. You, now we would CGI in the the street behind them for example in some cases sometimes people it, it depends what the director wants like sometimes you want like a like maybe a film noir sort of look and you're doing that on purpose making it look kind of you know uh-huh. that artificial sort of sort of thing it's a it's a style choice but what i thought was really cool was they went through the trouble of showing shadows on the tree shadows from the tree on the cart and the characters so as they go by this tree-lined street, they actually make... Oh. So they, you know, somehow rigged up something so, like, a tree passes by. I didn't notice that. That's a good point. <laughs> I thought that was really, really well done for 1940-whatever in the hell. So can we talk about what in the hell was up with Halloween? Like... <laughs> oh, is that when they were burning down the carriages? Yes, so they were going around throwing flour in people's faces. <laughs> I think I believe that's called antiquing. Go on. And starting fires in the street with where are they getting the firewood? Because it looks like chairs and tables. Are they taking these out of their parents' homes? Where are the parents? Why is this happening? It's like a Lord of the Flies situation. I read that, but it was a long time ago. Is there a movie? I haven't seen a movie. The children take over, and it's just absolute chaos, and it's like a hellscape. Oh. They turn this beautiful island into a, you know, things get bad. Spoilers. Yeah. I remember it being bad. I just don't remember specifics. Mm. And speaking of, so it was the it was the two youngest girls who were participating in Halloween, Agnes and Tootie, and they are just freaking obsessed with violence and death. No. Like, one of the the youngest girl, I think, had a graveyard of dolls. Right. Yeah, she was a real creep. And she said when they move to New York, she's going to have to dig up all of her <laughs> dolls from the, the graveyard in her backyard and take them with her. It's just, it was... It was kind of disturbing to see. I mean, I'm sure that's like a normal phase that kids are obsessed with death or whatever. But I, I don't know. It just was weird. Hmm. So I want to talk about the social etiquette for the white upper class in the 20th century. All right. I thought about putting this under how would it be different with today's technology. But there's really not technology so much involved with this because I'm thinking like... Who can call on on the house? Like, could the neighbor just come over? Right. And the social um, conventions of the time. Right. Or um, 
they were talking about Rose being an old maid because she was like 22. No, she had just graduated high school. So she was 18. And they were talking about her being an old maid because she hadn't gotten married yet. Weird. Or um, two people have to be formally introduced to each other before they can like carry on a conversation or dance with each other. Like you couldn't just go up to a random person at a dance and be like, hey, would you like to dance? That would be that would be obscene. Hmm. And speaking of dances, how about those dance cards? Like, you hear now, like, oh, my dance card's full, like, sort of as a joke. As a joke, yeah. But that was, like, an actual, there used to be a literal, literal dance physical cards. physical card. Yes. And, like, you know, is it is it split up by, like, uh, is it per song or is it fractions? Because sometimes it's, like, a third of the dance. <laughs> right? Right. That's from It's a Wonderful Life, isn't a it? A third of the dance. Yeah. I, I, I only think Violet did that. I think I think nice girls do one dance per person. Well, and does someone? Why does anyone need to keep track of like who you're dancing with? Because if I come up to you and I say, "Oh, may I have the first dance?" Mm-hmm. and you look at your card and say, "Oh, I'm sorry." I already told so-and-so yes. Well, how about the second one? No, well, I already told so-and-so that I would. So it's like you want to, all of the the most popular girls would have their dance cards filled the first because everybody wants to dance with them. Mm-hmm. I see. And speaking of nice girls, nice girls don't kiss boys until they're engaged. Thank you very much. Let me write that down. I'll write that down on the back of my dance card. Okay, good. (laughs) I, I just can't. I mean, I'm sure there are there people. I mean, I know there are people today that still do like their first kiss is on their wedding day, and I'm just like, that couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. Well, I mean, I think that might be like a religious cult sort of (laughs) situation at this point. So Judy Garland. Was four foot eleven. <laughs> she was tiny. I, she was so small that I had to look it up. I'm like, I, and you know, in some cases they they call them apple boxes. They have you stand on if you're shorter, like uh-huh. if you're like Tom Cruise, right? Like they Standing have stand, next to Nicole Kidman, they have to stand. He has to stand on an apple box. Uh, but yeah, she was tiny. As, no wonder she had a hard time, like transitioning I mean it's hard to transition from child actor to adult actor anyway right but like it's got to be even harder when you are when you still look like a little girl yeah uh, yeah of course even if she was seven feet tall people are still gonna look at her and go that's the little girl like you're you're the most famous little girl in movies ever since Shirley Temple maybe right <laughs> Was Shirley Temple before or after Judy Garland? I don't remember. I think she was in the 30s. Um, Yeah, I think when I was looking up stuff to talk about for this movie, I think I saw that um, the the costume designer and the makeup people and all, you know, like um, that group of people that worked on that stuff, I don't know their names, like... The group of people who would work on like, 
hair, makeup, costumes. They I mean crew. Isn't that part of the crew? But anyway. Um, they purposely tried to make her appear more adult to distance herself from because this is only five years after Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So she still, like you're saying, very much had that little girl image attached to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this movie, since she had a love interest and, you know, they wanted to make that believable, they also wanted to make her appear more sophisticated and older. Maybe that's why her clothes were clean all the time. <laughs> um, for the record, Shirley Temple... Uh, most of those movies that you associate her, the little girl, was between 1935 and 1938. Huh. But in 1938, she was only 10 years old, so she's still younger than... Um, Judy Garland. Yeah, she's younger than Judy Garland, but was like... Her time was already past, essentially, when Judy Garland was... The rising star. Mm-hmm. A star is born, if you will. She wasn't in one of the versions. She was? She was? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Judy Garland was in the 1954 version of A Star is Born. 1954. Yes. Oof. So, are you ready to move on to the Bechdel test? I'm thinking it passed. It did pass. Yay. I mean, they they did talk about boys a lot because Rose was interested in Warren and um, and Esther was interested in John, who lived next door. Um, but just, like, for example, just in the lead-up to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, um, Esther is talking to Tootie about, you know, Everything will be okay. Moving to New York, it'll be fine. You know, you'll make friends there. And she's like, no, I won't. So, like, that scene there by itself passes. So, mm-hmm. so yes. I mean, there were other conversations that did. But that was the one that came to mind. So, are there any pop culture references you now understand? Okay. SNL. In uh-huh. the 1980s, uh-huh. uh, Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn did this, <laughs> did like this um, music review, like super cheesy music review thing called the Sweeney Sisters, <laughs> where they would do, here's, a, I'm just going to show you a picture of them as the Sweeney Sisters. Oh my goodness. Enormous hair. Who is this again? Nora Dunn uh-huh. and Jane, Jane Hooks. Okay. The dresses that look like curtains. Right. <laughs> and so they would do these, um, uh, oh shoot, what's the kind of, like, where you mash up a bunch of different songs one after another? Uh, medley? Yeah, they would do these medleys of all these cheesy songs. So, like, at one point they just, like, jump into the song and they go, ding, ding, ding went the trolley, clang, clang, <laughs> clang went the bell. And they're like, sh- they're like, Moving their <laughs> their arms uh-huh. like back and forth, like like they're elbowing people, like a modified ska dance, if you will. <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, yeah, I had no idea. I I had no idea what any of the songs were. It was just it was just really funny because they were just 
to such hams as as the Sweeney sisters. (laughs) So how would the movie be different with today's technology? Well, you know what? I was thinking about this. Like, we don't have World's Fairs anymore. It would be so cool to have a World's Fair. Yeah, we really don't. Like, the closest we get, and you have to be, like, close to the industry, is that CES... Uh, there's a big um, technology uh, um, conference in Las Vegas every year. Oh, I think okay. it's called CES. I can't remember what it stands for. Um, but yeah, it's like when they when there's a new like amazing like the Oculus you know was you know um, presented at CES is like. Here's the new cool thing, the new cool technology thing. And, of course, these things are, you know, <laughs> they're, like, brand new, so they never quite work right. And, uh-huh. you know. But it's, like, where you showcase things. Like, I would love to, like, wander around a fairground-like thing that, like, just, like, show off, like, your cool new technology and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um... I couldn't believe how often they mentioned, like, they made a big deal about Warren calling Rose long distance. Ah, like, yes. they said, like, oh, he's calling long distance. She's expecting a long distance phone call. He's calling long, like, they said it, like, six or seven times, and I'm like, I get it. He's calling long distance. Back then, that was very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. So it must be important that he's calling Maybe he's going to propose. Which, meanwhile, um, <laughs> proposing over the phone. Um, so, my uh, grandpa was stationed in Biloxi, I think it was, during uh, the Korean War. He was training there. And he proposed to my grandmother over the phone because she was still in Texas. <laughs> Biloxi, Mississippi. Yes. Um. And that old-timey phone really made me laugh. Because it was like a literal horn. Like when people say, get on the horn, that's why it looked like a oh, horn. I like saying that because like no, but no one knows what that means. Well, now they do because I just told them. Well, like at work, I'll be in a meeting and I'm like, yeah, let's get, let's get Danielle on the, on the horn. Or the blower. Do you really say that at work? Yeah, I'll go, hey, let's get Danielle on the horn right now, because she works off-site. <laughs> Do you have anything else to discuss? Yes, one more thing. Okay. My grandpa, I swear this is going somewhere. I promise. My grandfather was a gunner on, I think, a destroyer in World War II. Uh-huh. And his hearing wasn't great. And when uh, he, he had three daughters, and... Uh, at the time the time I was born, he had two granddaughters. So no no sons, no grandsons. And, uh, you know, he loved, like, manly stuff. He liked fishing and outdoors and, you know, uh, baseball and things like this. So he really, I, he was actually disappointed in me. <laughs> because I was, as a, anyway, I was male, but I don't, I don't care about fishing and and baseball. But anyway, um, still very excited when he learned that um, I was a boy 
and my father was on the phone on the blower. Uh-huh. He got on the horn in the hospital, and you know, as you as you do in 1974, call up your relatives. So he calls up, he calls up uh, my grandma and grandpa, uh-huh. Grandpa Lou. Uh-huh. Um, my middle name is Lewis. Uh-huh. So as a you know, my name is Shane Lewis. So as a uh, as a tribute to him, um, I got his uh, first name. So my dad relays this to my grandfather over the phone and he hears he hears him like cover up the phone and goes to my grandmother grandma ann hey ann they named the kid saint louis (laughs) meet me in shane louis louis (laughs) meet me at the fair so yeah whenever i hear in the back of my head when i hear saint louis i'm like i think of that story that's funny (laughs) So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. You can find a lot of other great shows there, so check those out. And as for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Thanks for listening.